Welcome to this episode of the Network Marketing Heroes Podcast, hosted by 38-year network marketing veteran, author of best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with your hair on fire, Richard Bliss Brooke. Donna Johnson, are you there? <laughs> I'm here, Richard. <laughs> Where are, in the, on this planet, are you and Thomas? <laughs> Where in the world is Don and Thomas? We are up at, at our home in northern Wisconsin right now. Oh, beautiful, at the lake. Yes. <laughs> I love that. In fact, I think I saw you post a picture out of your bedroom window or something yep, a few days ago. on my looked, birthday looked, morning. <laughs> <laughs> it looked beautiful. Well, Donna, I am so jacked up to have you on a hero call. I don't know how long it's been that... We've been trying to coordinate a good time. Thank you for carving out the time to spend an hour. I think you have so far the highest attended call in the history of Hero Calls, which is probably a reflection of the size of your little four-year career that you've built. <laughs> and uh, so that's exciting. A uh, big shout-out to all you Arbon leaders around the world that are joining to listen to this interview. Uh, so, folks, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Donna just briefly, and then we're going to dive into her story and her stats, which are off the charts magnificent, and then into some specific philosophies about how she did it and what she's doing from this point on. So here's a little bit about Donna Johnson. She, like a lot of people, got involved in network marketing because she needed a way to put food on the table and earn an income. She originally got involved in a company called Jafra uh, almost 30 years ago and had a good short career with Jafra and then got involved in Arbonne, I think, 28 years ago. Donna used to be a, a swim coach, and so those of you out there that are swimmers can tell Donna's story about swimmers can do it too. She got involved in Arbonne, went about building a business, and uh, today she has uh, over 1,500 leaders around the world that are qualified to drive an Arbonne white Mercedes. And her organization does over $50 million a month. And I know for people listening to that, it sounds like, wow, that's something that's, that can never be attained by one person. But when you understand how network marketing works and you understand the power of geometric progressions and leadership and longevity, so 28 years with one company, that is seven compounded four-year careers. <laughs> so Donna, tell us in your own words, tell us your story. Like how did you find direct selling and network marketing? What were you doing? Uh, and I'm specifically interested to know who introduced you to the opportunity. But give us a little background before you get to that. Okay, thank you so much, Richard. I'm such a big fan of yours, so I'm happy to be on this hero call. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it was oh dark 100. You know, when you asked me all the questions before the call, I'm like, holy cow, I have to really dig up the archives here. But, uh, of course, my story is easy to remember because I actually introduced myself to the business as a teenager because the person – who I attended an event um, was basically just making a little extra spending money and wasn't even sponsoring people. And I asked her, you know, can I do this business too because I'm, you know, looking for a way to supplement my income. Um, I grew up in a uh, very challenging, poor family and uh, didn't have college. And so I was coaching swimming. And, of course, you know, that's probably poverty-level income. And, uh, and so I just thought, wow, you know, while all my friends are going out partying in the evenings, I could 
do these presentations and make some money. And so I kind of accidentally fell into the business, not knowing anything about it, just thought I could make money selling product um, as a teenager. And then as I started uh, learning about the profession and that you could build an organization, uh, that's when I started doing my due diligence uh, for product I was looking for, compensation, and uh, that's why uh, 28 years ago I started with my, my current business, Arbonne. So. Yeah, because Jaffra was more of a direct selling um, company, especially back then, mm-hmm. and Arbonne perhaps had more of an, an emphasis on building a team and building a residual income. So Donna, you're one of those single mom um, five kids, I one do. set of twins. I do. I have, yeah, the twins, the twins made it five. <laughs> They're all adults now, but when I started my Arbonne business 28 years ago, I was a single mom with three small kids, no child support, and while my family was telling me, you know, go get a real job, I know many of you on the line have heard that before, and I just said, you know what, I, I just put my blinders on, and for me, you know, I was, I was young. I was in my 20s, and I, I just had this determination of kind of like Dora, you know, um, keep on swimming. <laughs> I just knew that I wanted to make this work because you know how Tony Robbins always talks about a lot of people are motivated by what they want, but even more people are motivated by what they don't want. And I knew mm-hmm. that if I didn't make this business work, I would have to – go get a J-O-B, just over broke, and trade hours for dollars, and without a college degree, it would have been been probably something secretarial or not that there's anything wrong with that, but I'm sure it would have been more difficult to, uh, you know, just not have too much month at the end of the money. And so I was so on fire, and um, I think I took a lot of the skills that I used not only in competitive swimming but coaching and just realized that this profession gave me such a level playing field because nobody said to me, well, how many degrees do you have? Or, you know, what's your experience? Or, you know, I was just able to uh, really write my own paycheck. And to me, that was exciting. And today it's still exciting for me to not only experience that myself, but to share that gift with other people. So Donna, 28 years ago, did you find Arbonne or did somebody uh, invite you to look at Arbonne? No, I found it. I was on a little discovery path to find a product and compensation that matched my desires. And I just, uh, I, I just uh, heard about someone in my prior business that was doing Arbonne and I searched her out and I remember talking to Petter Mork, our, our late founder from Norway, uh, because I was asking questions about the compensation and the product. And um, he never wanted to be known as anybody that took people from other companies. He had such high integrity. And I said, Petter, you didn't solicit me. I called you, and you have to let me in if I decide to do this business. <laughs> And I will never forget that You have to let me in. You have to let me in. And I, um, I didn't tell anyone what in my business what I was doing. I resigned. I, gave, I earned a car with my previous company. I had a real small business. It was not very big. Um, and I just basically uh, didn't solicit anybody. And I had a, some customers, and I wrote them a nice letter. This was back in the pre-computer days. <laughs> and I just said, it's been my desire to bring you the very best product. And if you would like to continue using that product, I'm going to refer you to someone. If you'd like to see what I'm doing, please let me know. And I just started over with all you know new people. And I re- in, fa- in fact, it was so funny. I I had to pick up an old beater car, and it was uh, a $400 Plymouth Duster, a $400 car, and it was pea green, and it was all rusted out. The inside was worse than the outside because the guy I bought it from was a painter, and all the seats were ripped up. 
And I'll never forget, I earned my car. I earned my Mercedes within five months. And, wow. But I had to drive this old beater, uh, Duster, Plymouth Duster, <laughs> for five months. But I just kind of, you know, put my shoulders up and head high, and I thought, this too shall pass. And I'll never forget the day I was at the grocery store with my son, Nathaniel. He was about nine at the time. And um, you know the kid used to help you out with the groceries back then? Well, I yeah. opened the door yeah. and pulled the seat forward, and my son just sunk. And he looked at me, and he looked at the car, and he looked at the kid, and he said, Mom, when did you say our Mercedes was coming in? <laughs> 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 so that's when I had to really sit down with my kids and say, look, guys, I know it looks bleak right now. We're eating a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, but the reason Mom is going out and doing presentations in the evening is we're going to build an incredible life together. And now that my children are adults, they all reflect back on the conversations, how much they learned. I mean, oh, my gosh, Richard, this could be a whole new training. But they learned so much from watching me build a business from home. They watched me manage my expectations and disappointments and set goals and deal with people. And, um, you know, they said that was, any, that was better than all the uh, education they got in college. So I love to share that story with especially parents that have younger children because there's so much guilt out there. And I yeah. tell people, have your kids be the reason that you're doing this business. Don't have it be the excuse that you're not doing this business because they need to learn how to make money. <laughs> and the traditional way of making money, I mean, they don't want to sign up for that anymore. Those, you know, the young kids, they don't want their parents' job unless their parent is in network marketing, right? Yeah, I, I know Kimmy and uh, her daughter Haley experienced that same dynamic too. That's that's really special. There's some, there's something I wanted to point out, Donna. That you know, it may I don't know if you get acknowledged for this, but for you to have the wisdom and the intuition and the vision and most of all the courage 28 years ago when this profession was was really in its infancy and you know not very sophisticated and Arbon had to be really small 28 years ago it had to be like like well there are 4000 people just, behind me you know people will say Richard people will say oh you were so lucky you got in at the beginning well there are 4000 people <laughs> before me <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of like saying that the first guys to hit Normandy Beach were so lucky because they got <laughs> on the beach first. <laughs> the, the first four or five or six waves of any network marketing company suffer high casualties because there's no stories, you know. There's nobody at the meetings. There's, there's no social this, proof, right? There's nothing but faith and vision, and that just took extraordinary courage. Donna, for you to recognize that network marketing was a powerhouse business way back then and go seek it out, find the right company for you, insist that they let you in, and, and then you know, anybody listening who thinks, gosh, you know, I've got challenges and adversity, I guess go buy yourself a $500 pea green uh, <laughs> duster. Dodge duster or whatever it was, <laughs> <clears throat> and then go try to qualify for your company car driving that piece of junk. That's, that takes some pretty big moxie. So, you know, I have always been inspired by your story, but you just added some key distinctions to it. So tell people um, how you got started. What, what was the first 90 days like? And and, and, you know, the reason we ask you for stats ahead of time is I'm big on stats. I like for people to look at this like a business and treat it like a, like a business and kind of a business plan. You know, sometimes you got to kind of get that initial enthusiasm and be like a bull in a china closet and go crazy for months. But then if you're going to be in it for the long haul, you got to have some kind of plan, and you got to pay attention to your progress. And so, tell people like, what was your first 90 days like? I know it may be hard to remember, but guess. 
how many personally sponsor and how many people did you end up personally sponsoring say the end of your first year uh yeah that's definitely a guess uh but i absolutely got into revenue producing activities three to four nights a week i was getting a babysitter um and going out and doing presentations, mostly group presentations, some one-on-ones. But I like groups because if I'm going to tell the story to 30 to 40 people a week, I would rather tell the story five, six times to five or six people than to 40 people. So that's just my reach-out method that I love. But I went into massive revenue-producing activity because I knew I needed to tell the story and sort people out. Do you want to join my business and earn an income, or do you want to use product? Um, you know, I, I just knew that that was my mission, and I had blinders on, and I knew that I needed help, and I couldn't afford um, uh, a cleaning lady, but I hired one anyway, <laughs> just because I figured the time that I paid her, I could go out and do the business. And then I also hired uh, my sister-in-law, who worked a couple mornings a week to help get all my paperwork together so that I could just go out and do the, the most important things. Um, and she has actually been with me the full 28 years. So the time, what happened as, as my business and income grew, then her uh, you know, hours grew as well. So I've, I just was really smart in the beginning to make sure, you know, having three small kids, they were five, seven, and nine at the time, um, you know, and I was there when they got home from school, took them to all their busy sports activities and, uh, and just worked my business around my family instead of my family having to revolve around the business. So I just was like a little hurricane, Richard. I have tremendous energy and I've got great focus. Um, if I make a to-do list, I'm one of those really rare people that I, I think I drive my husband Thomas crazy <laughs> because when I make a to-do list, I do it. You know, I say what I'm going to do, and I really think that's so important. It's a lost trait oftentimes. We expect people to follow through and do what they say they're going to do, but I've always just had that um, in me. And uh, so, you know, I guess I would just have to guess that um, – I probably sponsored, you know, 25 to 50 people in my first year. So I don't always sponsor people. Um, I, I sponsor people that want to build a business and make money. If they're not interested in the business, I like to have them as a customer. So I really like to sort to find the fit right. that's most important. It comes with wasting a lot of time chasing people that – we convinced to get in the business and their heart's not really in it. They don't really have a vision. They're not willing to pay any kind of price. And then we chase them around and try to get them to do something they never really wanted to do to begin with. And so you figure that out, that that's a big waste of time. It's a lot more. I mean, it, I think this is one of the, the um, uh, epiphanies that people have about this business is when they finally sponsor somebody who wants it, and works it as much as you do, mm-hmm. business instantly turns from a challenge and hard work and discipline and all of that stuff to just absolute fun to yeah, have somebody that you can run with. It, it's not it for like everyone. You. And I, I heard this saying that you don't want to chase people. You want them chasing you. And thank goodness I'm not dating anymore. I'm happily married. But, you know, it's kind of like dating. I mean, you, you know, you don't want to chase people. You want people to be attracted to you. You want people leaning forward to you, not, you know. And it just, it just it is we have too much success to achieve to mess around trying to convince people to do this business. We're sorting. We're sorting and we're telling the story and finding the fit. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's roll out with the rest of your stats as best as you can recall. And I'm, uh, you know, we kind of, uh, for most people, they're trying to figure out, you know, how do I get to the four or five year mark and build a business that might pay me, you know, five or ten grand a month? What was your first four years like? You know, how many people did you end up enrolling? Um, 
how many people, if you can remember, how many people you might have had on your team at the end of four or five years, and then we're going to drill down on some of the leadership that you developed. Do you remember those numbers? Yeah, I don't have those numbers specifically, but I, what I do recall is having probably about 20 sponsors a, you know, a, a year, I would say like two a month, but really a, a lot of people do fall by the wayside, but a lot of them just stay on the computer and buy product. And I think because this business is so easy to start, it's easy to stop. But uh, what I specifically remember doing was when I did find an ace, um, you know, Earl Nightingale talks about the, the, the white horse leader, you know, in his Lead the Field program. Um, you know, when right. you find that white horse leader, uh, that's kind of like, that's that's when I would just really dive in and strengthen that leg of my business. So I don't really recall how many people I personally sponsored, more so than really understand how important it is to build leaders in depth. Because the business that I have today, um, and Richard, you know a lot of my leaders. I am. It's more important to me to build leaders instead of followers. Now, followers are important because you, you, they need to duplicate and follow the system and not get off track. But I'm more interested in building leaders. And when you've got a solid leader uh, in your business, you have, you have literal walk-away income. And that's what I love about my organization. I can, you know, I'm taking this week off. It was my yesterday and, or a couple days ago, I think, and, you know, we got the 4th of July. So I'm doing this call just for you, Richard, <laughs> but I'm, I've got you. my family up here at the lake, and, you know, I can do that because, you know, I've built such amazing leaders. You found somebody. How did you know they were a leader? Like, did you test them, or were there certain characteristics that, that people showed that, okay, this is really somebody worth driving deep and developing leadership with? And then what are some of the things that you did to develop leadership? Uh, well, it helped that I sponsored Rita Davenport in my business 20 years ago. And she was our amazing president for over 20 years, bringing incredible speakers to our community. Uh, God bless Rita. I'm so grateful for her. Uh, but, you, you know, it's so true to – I share with people um, – you're going, to, you're going to demonstrate to me, not by what you say, but what you do, if you are going to be a shooting star or a rising star. And so just to give you an example, Richard, in the month of June, um, Thomas and I were in Sweden the entire month, and uh, we, we lived there part-time, and I launched four new business builders direct to me from Sweden. They were in the U.S., but I launched them in June. Um, through Skype and Zoom, and, you know, with technology, success knows no dif distance, right? So um, I – and I shared with all four of those people, like, look, we're playing tennis. I – this is an incredible business, and I expect you to go to the top, um, but I'm not going to do it for you, and I'm not going to handhold you, but I'm going to be here to support you. And so I'm going to give you some homework. So what I love to do, Richard, is I love – to give people some homework. And it can be something really simple like, you know, the four-year career or uh, a 30-minute training that you've done that's on, your, on my YouTube channel or something. It's not necessarily the homework that's important. What's important is do they do it and follow through. And so that's when I know that I've got a leader that is actually willing to walk the talk and do what they say they're going to do and are coachable. Uh, and get into the activity that they need um, and really stick with it. And I really talk to them about managing their disappointments. You know, I want to find out who you are going to become when you hit your first disappointment or the four Ds. You've heard me talk about this, Richard, your doubts, your disappointments, yep. your distractions, and your dream stealers. Uh, you know, I want to see what squeezes out of you when that happens because it's going to happen. Everyone who becomes successful uh, has those um, obstacles 
they just well, choose how to respond. Drill down on that a little bit, Donna. To tell people about the four Ds and, mm-hmm. like, if I was a new distributor, how how are you going to prep me uh, for managing my disappointments? Uh, well, I, I really like to immerse people into educating about the profession and the business because most people don't wear an entrepreneurial hat. Um, they, I think they admire people who have become um, entrepreneurs and successful without trading hours for dollars, but they really don't know how to do that. So I really um, share that this is so much different than your 9-to-5 job and teaching them, you know, so the resources that we have in this profession, like your book for your career, uh, there's, the technology today is so much easier for them to learn. And, um, and then the other thing is I, what I love about this business, Richard, is it's so simple. I mean, if you do a really complicated, slick presentation, you're probably, you know, not going to be as effective as the person that just keeps it simple. People have a very short attention span. Uh, and, you know, if they can just learn to, um, to you know, learn this profession, the, the company, but then also understand that, uh, just, you know, the four Ds, you know, the, the doubts, the disappointments, the distractions, and the dream stealers, every single person that is successful in our business and in life, actually, um, have had those, those four Ds. The difference is the successful person perseveres through it and leans into it and, and continues and says, you know, out of my way, Dora, I'm going. Uh, and then the person who shuts down and creates an excuse, um, you know, that will stop them and they go into the, wit- we call it the witness protection program where we don't, we don't hear from them <laughs> again. So, um, so it's just having, yeah. having them understand that that is going to happen. You know, you've got dreams and you've got excuses, but you can't have them both. Yeah, excuses are excellent. I, uh, I like to distinguish it this way, that some people are motivated by their results and their circumstances, and some people are motivated by their internal fortitude and their vision. And if you're motivated by your results and your circumstances, then you're just going to be like a pinball machine. You're going to be up one day, down the next probably down in network marketing it'd be down 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 then maybe up down 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 maybe up and and people that orient their belief and their faith and their vision based on what other people do and say in the business just get end up taken out of the game because they're not managing their own motivation and when you come from an internal vision and commitment and belief and faith and fortitude. And like you said earlier, Donna, it's such a, I mean, we could do a whole call with the relationship with your word. And, you know, you spoke about it briefly, but it's a social epidemic. Epidemic, yeah. The people, they, they make promises that they just don't have any relationship at all with keeping. And... So that's the difference between the winners and the losers, people that go word and keep people that get are motivated from their vision as opposed to what other people say. Those are beautiful, powerful leadership distinctions that you bring forward there. Tell us some stories. So 28 years of enrolling people, uh, I guess we could fill the hour with you telling us horror stories of people that... <laughs> took off like a bottle rocket and then quit and went to other companies and all that kind of garbage. Right. But tell us some beautiful stories about people that you personally enrolled. I mean, people are probably fascinated. How did you approach Rita Davenport and how did you enroll her in Arbonne? Right. I saw her on a television program, It's Time for You. It was an infomercial and it made such an impact on my life that I wrote her a personal letter and told her what an impact it had made on me. And she actually called me. She picked up the phone and called me. 
and we had this wonderful conversation. <laughs> and uh, when I started with uh, Arbon, I asked, um, she spoke at our first event, and she was absolutely, you know, loving our product. And I said, well, you need to do this business. And she goes, well, I'm an author and I'm a speaker. I don't, you know, I don't need to do that. And I'm like, yes, but do you have residual income? You know, if your son is sick, you've got to hop on a plane. And so I dripped on her for quite a while. Um, and I think, you know, you, people have to understand, um, you know those Russian stacking dolls? Uh, I, I like to yes. show people, uh, line those all up and pick, pick a size doll that you feel with your personal development, where you feel you are in your progress um, for, you know, just personal development. And, and uh, so most people will see themselves like as a four or five or six, you know, because they know that they have still work to do, right? So what happens is mm-hmm. most people are comfortable talking to three, fours and threes instead of sevens, eights, and nines, you know, maybe a ten. <laughs> and so we yep. get really comfortable, yep. and then that's the size of the organization we have. So if you can really grow personally and don't assume you know, someone that lives in a beautiful home or is driving a nice car, they're looking for multiple streams of income as well. Never, ever prejudge. And so, you know, that, that's so important to do that. So I just, you know, I just made friends. Rita and I became really great friends, and then it just became a natural process for her to join the business. She became an RVP on my team. And, of course, if I looked at myself and felt like I was a seven back then, Boy, I'll tell you what, I started putting my shoulders back a little bit more. I sponsored Rita Davenport. I'm an eight or a nine now. So I think I do uh, work on yourself personally because who are you going to attract with who you are? And that's why I think the personal development um, part is so important. But I, I want to go back to something you said because I love your training uh, that I've heard you talk about the pinball because I love, I'm such a visual person and that. You know, how many of you feel like you, you're that ball in the pinball machine? And, Richard, so many people in this profession are that pinball. And I, I think it's because when you have a J-O-B, no matter how you're feeling, you've got to get up and get to work on time, right, or you get fired. But in this profession, when you wake up and look in the mirror, you're, you're looking at the boss. And so you can just let your emotions or whatever get in the way of your um, doing your business. And so, um, you know, so often what will happen is people will start and stop their business. Look at, we're, it's July 1st right now. How many people do you think are saying, oh, it's July, I, you know, I think I'll take the summer off and get this thing rolling again in September. And if you look around, people that have careers, they, they're still working, right? And so we put our, our, our dreams on the back burner. Yeah. And do you remember Zig Ziglar used to do that? Um, I loved that visual where he had the pump, you know, like at the wayside you've got the, the pump where the water comes up and you're, right. and you're <clears throat> pumping it and pumping it. And all of a sudden the water's almost there and then you just let the handle go and it goes all the way back down. That happens so often in our profession that people would just be – consistent because in my world the leaders on my team you know we've i've got i'm sure over 300 people making um six figures or more per year most of them i would say work their business 15 to 25 hours per week so you know to be able to have an income like that working from home you know doing your business by appointment around your life and your family you know, okay, go find a, a real job and trade hours for dollars or go build your dream and have this incredible lifestyle that Thomas and I were talking about today. He goes, you know, most people just don't think this is real. They don't believe us that we have this incredible life, but we've worked hard for it and mm-hmm. built this and created it. And every single person on this call can have that. You just have to be willing to not give up, and I know you've heard me share this, Richard. We've talked about it, but there are 
many, many, many people, and I was thinking about this, not even ten fingers can I count, there's more. If they had just not quit the business, they would be millionaires today in my business, just in my organization, if they had just not quit. I think what because everybody almost everybody's raised in the you know get a good education and the job paradigm people just have a hard time getting their head around what it takes for one and what it's worth to have financial freedom is so much different than a job you know most jobs all you have to do is show up you know people get pretty competent and as long as they show up every day they get paid. But in our business, you know, there, there's a lot of skills to develop, and then there's, of course, the pumping, priming the pump and, and not letting off that handle. Every time you do, you've got to start over, and, and that gets tiring. And people just need to realize that what they're asking of our business model, like everybody on here, no matter what company you're in, what you're asking of your company and your opportunity if you're looking to build a residual income, a, a four-year career or something, is you're asking that opportunity to make you a millionaire or a multimillionaire. I mean, just five grand a month in residual income, you're a millionaire. So if you want to make five or ten grand a month, you're asking the opportunity to make you a multimillionaire, and you're asking for it on a part-time basis with maybe $1,000 invested and – you know, people all around you who are doing it, who are willing to coach you and mentor you and support you, that's what you're asking of the opportunity. And the question that I think people just need to get a grip on is, what are you asking of you? What are you willing to invest full court press for four or five years to have a life of freedom after that? And it's not about making 50 or 100 grand a month. You know, that's kind of a choice once you get to 10, you can, you know, you can enjoy your life or maybe you want to take it to a higher level. That's a choice you make at that point. But just getting to 10, anybody can do that in okay. two, three, four, five years. But it takes, it takes that full court press. I want to get some stories, Donna, some real life stories, people that you knew, people that you met, that you introduced to this opportunity and it went on to change their life dramatically. Can you give us a couple of I will. Real I've got I've got three. I cuz some of them are recent and some of them are Awesome. So okay, so let's go. Uh, when I lived in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin where I grew up, one of my neighbors, Diane Partee and her husband Dave, uh, she was a stay-at-home mom with her three boys and Dave was out making the money, right? And so I met her at a presentation. She was excited. She told Dave, you know, I want to do this business. And he was not very supportive. And so when I would call over there, David would answer the phone and say, hello, Donna. (laughs) And uh, so after I moved to um, Arizona, they had moved to Portland, Oregon. And Dave said, okay, if you're going to do this little Arbonne thing, there's a little – our new home has a little – you know, home office, I'm going to give you Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'll be with the boys, and you go do your little arm thing, and she is one of our top income earners, I think she's in our top 50 today, Uh, probably the most emotional phone call I ever got was a few years ago from Dave, saying, um, I just want you to know, you know, thank you for believing in my wife, and um, and my he called he said my bride uh, because I was really mean to you. <laughs> uh, I used to tell Diane, you know, you're sleeping with the enemy. <laughs> and he said, um, uh, you know, our whole world has changed. Uh, I love the the beautiful woman she's become, the leader. I'm so proud of her. I'm more effective at work because all my coworkers. Um, are the breadwinner, and I can speak my mind and tell them what I think they need to hear and not worry about being politically correct and losing my job because my wife makes more than I do. Um, So just to hear those stories, I always tell people, you guys, have vision, you know, because you never know when those stories are going to come. 
And, uh, you know, and now all three of their boys are, are grown, and, and Diane is just, you know, they don't have that empty nest feeling. They can travel and, and work and build. Um, uh, the two, two of the people that I launched in June are two family members. One is my cousin from California that has watched me build the business. I've tried to sponsor her. Her name is Susie, um, and, but I dripped on her. And when I saw that her daughter was just graduating from high school this year, I, God love Facebook because I can watch, you know, my cousin's world. And I said, Susie, I think it's time. Right. And she reached out and said, yes, let's do it. And she's been amazing. She's been completely coachable. And, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So after 28 years, my cousin is joining my team, and I said, you're getting that Mercedes. You're going to be one of my top rock stars. There's just no question about it. Then my uh, 23-year-old niece um, grew up with me um, doing my business. She went to college, got her degree. Um, she, uh, She works in New Hampshire, and she barely is, you know, I mean, financially, she's just paying the bills. She doesn't have, she called me on Mother's Day, and I said, Breezy, you know, aren't you coming home this summer to see us at the cabin? She goes, I don't have the money. And I said, don't you think it's time that you start my business? So she's jumping in. She goes, absolutely, I've been thinking about getting a job, but I've always known growing up that I've wanted to join you in your business. So, you know, that's um somebody a little bit older that's joined my team and someone that's younger that's joined my team and, you know, just attach them to the hip and say, I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to help you get launched. The majority of fuel uh, at for uh, a rocket launching is the majority of the fuel is needed at liftoff. And that's what I tell them. We've got to go out with a big bang here to get you up into orbit because um, if this thing doesn't lift, um, you're going to be really tempted to say, hey, this doesn't work. And I want you to know this does work. There's social proof. It's not just me that has been successful. Yep. Look at the people around us. And so, you know, just really uh, putting a lot of effort into that, that, that liftoff of the rocket. It can get into some kind of momentum. Yes. And so is there something... Is there a specific plan, Donna, that you coach people to employ? Like if you sponsored me and you gave me the talk about liftoff, what would you encourage me to do in the first three or four months or six months or however long it took until I lifted off? What's important and how, how would I go about doing it? Uh, what's in, well, I have a system uh, for my team that they follow, and so it's very ABC, one, two, three, paint by number. Uh, and there's, I have little things put in place that, you know, they circle back. You know, it's like I said earlier, it's playing tennis. That, yes, I, I, I watched that. I, you know, I've made my 100 name list. Okay, now let's talk about who's local that are going to come to your local launches, almost like a ribbon-cutting ceremony for people to – See, you know, your business, and then who's long distance, um, how can we reach out to them? And so we, you know, we talk about the people, their, their, their name list. And once you get, I tell them that if you get into the proper launch mode, there's going to be, you're going to be so busy getting people launched and moving and appointments and all that, that a lot of those people on your name list, you're not even going to get to for a while because you're so busy. So um, just really keeping the business simple and what matters most, and that is telling the story about the product and business and finding the fit um, and growing the team and also getting them into qualifications. I like to um, get them in qualifications for the first level of the business right away in their first month because people love to be recognized and feel like there's a sense of accomplishment um, okay, this, is, this, this promotion is going to give me more percentages, more income streams, more profit centers, and so this is exciting. Okay, then you start talking to them, okay, who are you going to launch so that they can get into calls? So it just, you know, get them caught up in the, the excitement of the business 
and setting goals. I think setting goals is important. Yeah. And then in, in the process, also educating uh, about the profession and the company so that their belief is high on all levels. And grow, at least it's growing. Their belief is growing. So, for instance, your book, The Four-Year Career, I ask them to not only read it, but also to have their spouse read it. Because, oh, you know, that's, a, that's, that's so point. important when, when <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't want to have people like Dave picking up the phone, hello, Donna. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, shifting gears. Um, two questions I like to ask everybody. Um, first, what is the biggest, you have a lot of years to reflect on here, what is the biggest mistake you ever made? Maybe, maybe you made it one time, maybe you made it re- repeatedly, that cost you, and probably in money, organizational growth, momentum, but it may have cost you in an area more dear than organizational growth and money, maybe health, maybe integrity. What is the biggest mistake you've made in your network marketing career? Um, I would say probably not listening to my tug, you know, the ultimate guide. Um, if, if you know something about the business and, you know, you, you get influenced or sidetracked with chatter, um, just knowing you're in your gut what's right and sticking to it and not being afraid to step outside of the crowd, um, uh, I I remember many, many years ago we had some issues in our business where there was some front-loading and stuff going on, and um, I was very, very outspoken, and um, I was pretty much shut down by the, <laughs> the owners of my company at the time, and I, I wish that I would have been more brave to just keep, speaking up and not, you know, not let, uh, let that happen. Because in, in network marketing, the field, those of us um, that are building organizations, we're building a company within the company. And it's so important to keep our culture and integrity and doing the right thing in the right way for the right reason. Those things are paramount. Um, they should be your priority. And if that is ever challenged, you should never be afraid to speak up for speaking the truth with love. You should never be afraid. And maybe, you know, I hope I can help someone on this call. Let my hindsight be your foresight. If you see something's wrong, it doesn't look right, it doesn't feel right, your gut, your tug tells you it's not right, it's probably not right. And you you can speak the truth in yeah. love to kind of correct the compass. Yep, and don't compromise. Your don't compromise. That's excellent. All right, what's the smartest thing you ever did? <laughs> Never quit. <laughs> <laughs> Do you yeah, agree? That's that's <laughs> because I, you know, Richard, we laugh about that because every single person that is successful in this business could have had every excuse to quit and we and we just didn't you know and i'm just so grateful that uh, i have you know enjoyed this incredible business and just never quit you know uh, julie newcomb one of our my dear friend top uh, top 10 income earners in my business she used to she says all the time well you can quit for 24 hours <laughs> Just <laughs> get back on the saddle. I love yeah. I love Julie. All right. Tell people about your life. Um, uh, these things are coming to mind. How many people were at your last national convention? I think there were 17,000. And uh, about over 90% the, of the, the companies in my success line, which is pretty awesome. When I went out really funny story the opening night for the grand awards i knew that i was speaking but they didn't really tell me the order you know i knew i was somewhere in the beginning and i was backstage getting mic'd and the stage managers coming back 
we need Donna Johnson. We, you know, I'm like, what's the hurry? Come on, you know. I mean, this starting in five minutes, but I'm not. She goes, see these drummers? When they come back off the stage, you're on. You're opening. And I went, what? <laughs> it was so much fun. I didn't have any chance to get nervous. It was really fun. Yeah, that's got to be uh, quite a thrill to see 15,000 people and they're all in your group and it started with one. And that's the and, power of this business and, and, and time. So you do other things, Donna. You're out all over the world. You're a featured every year speaker at uh, GoPro and NMP. Um, what is your vision for the profession and what motivates you to speak at those events? You know, you, you've written a book, MLM CPR, with Jordan Adler and Oregon Salas and Ken Dunn. What is your vision for contributing to the profession? Why do you do that? What are you looking to accomplish there? I'm, that's a great question, Richard, because I'm really passionate about um, – really making a difference in the profession to raise the bar for integrity uh, and just doing the right thing in the right way for the right reason, building a sustainable business. Um, you know, I just really hate, you know, the deals that are going on right, you know, in the business. And I just think it's such an organic way to, to build. And, you know, I want to protect the, uh, the reputation of our business. I think we have such an incredible business plan in our profession and you know sometimes we circle the wagons and shoot each other and it's not necessary so I'd like to see our profession take a big leap and um, and then and also I think it's important that people have different goals you know not just your you know what what you can get with the income you make but you know, we've got five orphanages around the world that we support 100% of the funding for, and those that gets pretty exciting, you know. I I remember when Petter Mork many years ago kind of took me aside. I'd say he took me to the woodshed because I was getting kind of comfortable with my income. I was making, you know, rock star income. And he just basically said, you know, don't you want your people to make what you're making? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, you need to keep going then because you need to kind of pave the way. I didn't have that um, path, you know, I didn't have someone to follow. So you have to be a path, you know, path or a pace setter for people. You've got to have that gene in your DNA of contribution, of having a vision bigger than your own personal needs. And that's what Spirit Wings is about for you, I would expect. And that's, that's your organization that serves the orphanages. But Petter's advice to you is, uh, that's epic, Donna. I suspect that that one piece of advice may be responsible, more responsible for Arbonne's gargantuan success than anything else. Because, you know, when you're making fifty or $100,000 a month, unless you're, you know, kind of crazy, it, it is kind of hard to spend that. And it's okay, you can invest it, but if you, if you have a rock-solid residual income, you're making $100,000 a month, what do you need investments for? <laughs> you don't really need investments. So, you know, wh why do you need more money? And, you know, it happens to people. It, sometimes it happens at five grand a month. Sometimes it happens at ten grand a month. When people's vision is just about them, they run out of motivation. And sometimes people, because of that virtue of what you talked about, sponsoring Rita Davenport, Sometimes people end up making more money than they ever thought they would or more money than they think they're worth, and then their whole vision starts to undermine them. And, you know, for you to make that shift and take on a vision that was 100 times bigger than you so that other people could have what you had, that's, that's just a huge paradigm shift. That's a huge 
piece of advice. Petter was, I never got to meet him, but had to be uh, quite a visionary, quite a wonderful coach. You're very fortunate to have had him on your team. Absolutely. So as we wrap this up, Donna, get, I don't know how many people, maybe a thousand people listening to this tonight, but more importantly what I think about is, you know, people are going to be listening to this podcast a week from now, a month from now, no reason why somebody might not be listening to it a year from now, maybe even five years from now. And they might be listening in, you know, Wichita, Kansas, or Encinitas, California, or Longwood, Florida, or they might be listening to it in Bangladesh, or, you know, North Africa, or Bolivia. Or Sweden. (laughs) Or Sweden. And... (laughs) You know, the people that I think about listening to this are the people that maybe they've been in a month, maybe they've been in a year, but they just haven't got it yet. They haven't got it in their head and their heart. They don't have that, that resolve and that clarity that would just propel them to go for it. Just go for it until they launch. If you could tell them one thing in closing that might make the difference, what would you tell them? Whoa, that's a big responsibility, Richard. I, I would yeah, say, you got two minutes. okay, I would say just decide, make a decision, and stick to it, and be a professional. Um, you know, if you if you want it bad enough, go out and get it, and don't let anything stop you. Um, just you know, make a decision, set a goal and be unstoppable and share, you know, and this is sometimes very difficult for people to do, but find people that you can share that with and that you're safe with. Uh, and if you have a dream stealer in your life that, that doesn't believe that you, you can do it, and it might even be you, uh, maybe it's your spouse yeah. or maybe it's a, a loved one, just go to that person and say, you know what, um, it would it would just mean the world to me um, for you to, uh, when, you, when you talk to me and ask me how's my business going, um, it would just mean the world to me if you would be an encourager because I have some really big goals and I'm 100% going after it. You see, this, the world steps aside for the person who knows where they're going, but if you just stick your toe in the water, people sense that and they can steal your dream. And so, but when you're 100% committed and you've got your blinders on like I did, you know, at a very young age, you know, it's just kind of out of my way, out of my way. So be that unstoppable person. Just decide, you know, you're going to go through the next five years, um, God willing. uh, And so you can decide how that five years is going to look. You can craft and design your future. You don't, nobody will ask you what degree you have, what, you know, you can just go do it. So just decide to do it and then do it and just do what you say you're going to do. Don't do it just for a little time and then stop and start and stop and start. That's exhausting. That's like the pinball. Uh, Just decide and just go do it. Is that simple enough? two beautiful (laughs) I got two beautiful things from you tonight, Donna. I got lots, but I got two beautiful ones. Um, your relationship with your word, keeping your word, that's such a huge distinction for people that are going to be successful here. And then, you know, managing your your whole motivational state and your disappointments and staying on track as opposed to letting people knock you off track. Those are two huge distinctions. And you're such a huge inspiration, Donna. I know you're an inspiration to, you know, you've you got like a half a million people in your group in Arbonne. It's, I, mean, I was trying to figure out, I'm uh, just wondering actually, in 28 years, what's the total sum of business that you've produced just because you didn't quit and you got motivated and you kept your word. It's billions and billions of dollars worth of business that you've produced. And if you, if you look at how that's affected 
you know, tens of thousands of lives, whether it's 500 a month, 5,000 a month, or 50,000 a month. All of that came from you. And, you know, if Donna Johnson can do 50 million a month, ladies and gentlemen, you know, you can do your 100,000 or 200,000 or 500,000 and make your five or 10 grand a month. And then, you know, from that, you can decide what you want to do with your life. You can, you can be secure with that extra income. You can have a lot of fun. The world is your playground. Or you can decide, you know, to contribute and take on a dream bigger than you and give other people access to that kind of income. You're such a huge inspiration, Donna, and so courageous, such a visionary. I'm, I'm honored to call you my friend and my uh, confidant, and thank you so much for carving a, an hour out of your vacation to share with these people tonight. I think this call will have legacy impact for a long, long time. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Kimmy. Appreciate you guys. I'm very, very grateful. And, you know, gratitude, number one. Yeah. Bye-bye. Thank you, Donna. Thank you, all of you, for joining us tonight. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Richard Bliss Brooks' Network Marketing Heroes Podcast. For more invaluable training tools, such as audios, videos, and, of course, his best-selling books, The Four-Year Career, and Mach 2 with Your Hair on Fire, head to blissbusiness.com. For 10% off your order, use discount code HERO at checkout. If you're serious about building your business, make sure to subscribe to Richard's blog for all the latest tools and articles.